Blog Talk Radio. It's December 8th, 2019. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show. Where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight we're joined by co-host Jeff Brown and I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Please remember... Good leadership is never about power and control, but rather for the honor and the privilege of serving the members in the interest of the membership. Working for a Living Radio Show is a member of the Michigan Association of Broadcasters and is syndicated on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, Listen Now, and you may follow us on Twitter. Twitter. feedback here for some reason. Sorry about that. Just one second. We're getting some feedback. Not good. Okay, that should take care of it. Uh, Where was I? Uh, Okay, Working for a Living takes this opportunity to pay our condolences to the UPS worker who was killed by gunfire as he was taken hostage while working. Let us please have a moment of silence as we send our prayers to the family, friends, and co-workers of this lost brother. Thank you. Let me bring on Jeff. Okay. Brother Jeff, how are you doing this evening? Uh, I'm doing okay, Leroy. How are you? Ah, pretty good. Been a, kind of a busy week, a couple of weeks actually. Jeez, uh, as, as you, <laughs> uh, well, there's been a lot of news, uh, and things are just really rolling along pretty quickly here. Um, so we'll get into more of that as we get into the show. But uh, had a little bit of a cold. I've been doing some writing for a, uh, a sister that's in distress. To assist her and her family and some of her co workers. So we're uh, been, been doing that, but uh, it's, you know, when you're sick, it's a little uh, difficult, you know, to get it just snap whipped out. So um, it's, uh, that's gone on, and it looks really good, but uh, it just takes a little longer to do it when you uh, uh, have that. Uh, uh, croup, I guess you want to call it, whatever it is. I still have it a little. Uh, it's been off and on. I actually had it a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, now it's kind of stuck in here pretty good this time. I'm not sure what that's all about. Anyhow, uh, so, but we've did, done some really cool things this past week. Uh, you'll see some of that stuff in the uh, the, the show here tonight. Uh, so do you have anything new to report yourself there, Jeff? Um. Well, okay. I have some good news and some bad news. Um, Go ahead. The good news is my son will be graduating from law school in January. That's really He'll start cool. a new job in March in Grand Rapids. Um, the bad news is... Um, for some reason, I didn't get my pension checks this month, and I'm still investigating why. But um, 
rather interesting. We'll move on. Just a very weird thing. They didn't even issue a check for me for December. I found out. But my ex-wife got hers. So we'll just take it from there and call them back in the morning and see what's up. Okay. Well, keep me posted, and, and uh, we'll we'll see if uh, anybody's got any influence over the uh, pension issuing department for Ford. Uh, the check has not been cut at all, and it was not that it's lost. It's just never been cut, and uh, we would like your help in getting Brother Jeffrey Brown paid. It's one, another one of those little... Uh, things that happened to our friends from working for a living. Uh, Jeff went through other stuff some time ago, but we'll see what, how you turn out here. It should be, uh, I guess, yep. they're scheduled to cut one in January, right? That's They said that, right? So we'll yep, see. Yep, I got uh, proof of that. Oh, so. well, Merry Christmas, huh, Jeff? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, All right. So. Uh, well, let's get on with the show here. And um, first of all, uh, thank you for everybody that's in the switchboard. We really appreciate you coming in, listening to the show via the switchboard. It's much appreciated. Uh, we, know we have a lot of listeners beyond the switchboard, but and we don't advertise it, but it's just nice to see that uh, those people come in and, and, and listen via that switchboard. Of course, that does give up numbers <laughs> that's fine we, the 50 people here uh wouldn't make much of a difference because we have a lot of people listening to this show uh thank you uh so go ahead jeff do you want to take that first one the announcements okay welcome back to the show and looking for them in hopes that everyone had a very safe and happy thanksgiving holiday weekend Okay, um, second one, on November 25th, the UPS asked the temporary workers to use their own cars for holiday deliveries. Can you imagine that? UPS doesn't have enough trucks, <laughs> and I don't know how they're going to pay them for the use of their car, but it doesn't sound kosher to me. Not me either. Uh, number three. November 26th, do you think Tesla's Cybertruck is too much? Large sound motors, new electric pickup is aimed at the traditionals, and all the electric endurances look to beat Musk's annular pickup to market. My eyes aren't working very well, you're Okay. Well, that does happen sometimes when you're not feeling well, the, uh, uh, you know, get a little blurry, I suppose. Uh, that, you know, that's, that's a good thing that, uh, that, that truck looks to beat the, um, Elon Musk's angular truck, uh, to, to, uh, pick up truck to market. And, uh, you know, it's aimed at traditionalists rather than, you know, uh, cyberists, I suppose. Uh, November 27, a Michigan doctor and two associates are facing prison 
or years in prison after admitting to running an $8 million scam that involved stealing from UAW's insurance plans to bill for unnecessary scar creams, patches, pain patches, and vitamins. It's horrible, horrible uh, individuals that tried, that did steal some $8 million from our uh, care. Both active and retired, I understand. So, uh, Jeff, you want to take that next? Okay. December 1st, FCA and UAW reached a tentative labor agreement. Okay. Uh, December 2nd, Working for a Living reposted Victor Ruther's February 11, 1987, 50th year anniversary speech at the Whiting Auditorium in Flint. We hope that everyone gets a chance to watch that video or rewatch it. It's very, very interesting. He's spot on even uh, some 32 years ago. Uh, and uh, he, uh, he did discuss at that time leadership needs to get back in line. They weren't, he wasn't too happy with them. Uh, you got the next one, Jeff? Um, December 2nd, Traverse City, Michigan, Munson Medical Center, must post signs asserting nurses' rights. I thought that it should be in every workplace. Right, that's the, uh, uh, <laughs> Hoffa, I was just saw a thing of Hoffa here, it's kind of it. <laughs> <laughs> You know that NLRB they won an uh, NLRB decision that made that occur. So that's uh, that's a big, big deal uh, for the nurses. Yes, sir. So, uh, you know, typically, you know, in a high uh, income area in the state of Michigan, resort area as well, and um, they don't see much union activity up there. But these nurses held them to account. Uh, so that's a good thing. December third, Harvard. UAW graduate students went on strike. What caused my humor, somebody just posted a, um, a picture of Jimmy Hoffa. I believe this was, I saw it when he did it, I think. He, he was in Congress and he was uh, wiping his eye with his uh, middle finger um, at the uh, senators who were, uh, and congresspersons who were, uh, in, you know, grilling him at the time, and there's a little caption on this. It was rather interesting about who you might have voted for if union member. <laughs> yeah, I, got, I actually have that picture right on my uh, fireplace, Leroy. Did you? You got that over your fireplace? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, I got that picture. I think I found it about five years ago. Jeez, yeah, I got that picture. That was funny. Um, yeah. Uh, I have some other news here that I'll kind of take on this, the the the, uh, the run here. The uh, international automotive components uh, at the Menden plant. Uh, We'll, we'll be closing in May of 2020. Not a good thing for the brothers and sisters 
at the Menden plant, IAC. Uh, General Motors to lay off 800 workers at Detroit Hamtramck. Again, not a good thing, uh, especially it's kind of interesting that they're offering jobs in Ohio and Ohio is offering jobs in Michigan. So you go figure. I mean, you know, it's, it, one of the comments here is that uh, just when I think GM can't make any more stupid decisions, they prove me wrong. Thank you, brother, for making that comment there. Um, and we have, uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, uh, Fiat Chrysler uh, agrees to costly pay bumps for lower wage workers, so they're going to get a little increase there. Uh, GM and LG Chemical that have, that uh, LG already has a battery plant in Holland, Michigan. Uh, Tom and I were talking about that just uh, Friday, I guess it was. And uh, I have some personal knowledge about that. A family member helped to build that, construct it uh, in the Holland plant, but uh, they're going to uh, build a battery cell plant in northeast Ohio. Uh, it's expected to be in the Lordstown uh, area. We're not sure, sure exactly where that's at. Um, that's uh, quite a, a thing. Uh, one of the things I posted uh early in the week this week was that the Dow uh, dropped 450 points uh, and then started back up a little bit uh, throughout the week. I feel compelled when I have knowledge that the market, at this particular cycle at least, uh, looks like it topped out and turned, started to turn around. We don't know when it's actually going to start going in earnest the other direction. It, it's gone from 6640 to 28,174. Non-stop, essentially. There's been some, you know, hiccups, but nothing where it turned and reversed trend totally. Um, and as you all know, we report here quite a bit on the re retirement funding uh, if it falls below 80%, we get a 50% cut in our pensions. Uh, that's very problematic, and it's language that remains in our, or our contract. Uh, we believe it to be, we don't know for sure, we're finding that out, we're trying anyhow, to be a violation of the Constitution. And uh, there's an appeal that's been written uh, that says no members should be presented to ratify an ag agreement that violates the UAW Constitution. That should not occur, ever. Uh, and we're, we're appealing that uh, ratification vote. So uh, know that that's in the, in the agreement as we speak, uh, that that can occur, that should the market start down in earnest, we believe that, you know, it will go down commensurate to the market. And we also believe that on the way up, because it stayed in General Motors, in, for instance, stayed approximately $60 billion and did not appreciate at all going up. 
So that's an that's an issue that's uh, uh, been a, um, a, a a problem in our contract, and we don't. Nobody's a soothsayer, but I feel obligated to let you know this is one of those opportunities that it could reverse and go down. We don't know. Nobody's, nobody knows what the future holds. But we do know when it starts to look in a little uh, testy up here. Uh, having said that, uh, that's the reason for that. It's not in anybody's uh, 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 poking a finger at them or being negative. We're trying to be educational. Take a look at what you got and, you know, if you haven't already, and many people commented that they had already adjusted their own stuff. So be careful with it. You know, just be careful with it. We don't want anybody t two years from now out there with half their pension and not realize it was coming. We're trying to make sure everybody is aware that this could happen. Okay? So having said that, uh, of course, the joint venture uh, is in the news quite a bit. Uh, uh, and then they announced uh, on December 6th that they're going to merge Region 8. We'll talk about or Region 5, uh, and now there's going to be eight remaining. So we'll talk about that later in the show. Uh, December 6th was National Coal Miners Day. Um, thank you to all of the coal miners. And then um, they announced on the, the sixth that we have uh, Mary Barra Bragan with the uh, you, oh yeah we gotta have this in here uh, the Marion Metal Center uh, temporaries are being disabused and laid off and they have to make notice to the corporation if they want us to remain. Hiring status by December 13th, so that's about Friday. I think make, if you want to stay with General Motors, do that. Um, we'll get into that, and I think that's about it. We had Pearl Harbor Day Saturday yesterday, so and we're going to have a big deal on repairing batteries. Okay. Uh, and that's expected to be done in Lordstown. We'll see what they're going to do with that. So, um, having said that, um, well, yeah, we, we have that coming up later. Thank you, brother. I have that coming up later in the, uh, the show. Lots of stuff going on tonight. Uh, you know, uh, just it, it is. Uh, so, uh, with that, uh, Jeff, that uh, you want to take the first email. Sure. Um, number one, Jeff, I read your repost of what you said on the day that you retired. I'm amazed that you had such insight as to what might occur and has actually happened this year. How in the world did you know that? Name was held. Um, at the time I wrote that, our entire plant knew that we were going to go to one shift in April of 2019. Um, 
Now, you know, all the part-time workers were very upset and worried that they wouldn't have a job. I agreed with them. Um, that was the third time in my 31 years that our plant had uh, reduced it to a one-shift level. Um, my thoughts have always been on the membership. You know, I tried to educate the people, you know, when the contract comes up, stick up for each other, fight for the second tier and the part-timers' pensions. They don't get one. Um, we needed to make part-timers made full-time members in this contract. As we know, we, that didn't happen yet. But uh, this is my 31 years' experience on the floor and knowing what had happened in the past. I knew it was going to be a bad year. Um, and I wanted my, my membership to stand up and fight for each other instead of against each other, uh, like they usually do. And, you know, just sad to see that uh, the contracts that came out lately uh, really haven't uh, addressed some of those issues the way we wanted to. So that's how I got my insight. And... uh, I even gave my boss some advice because he wasn't a regular uh, board employee. He was a uh, contract employee. I told him uh, the night I left before I walked out the building to get his resume updated because things were about to get really bad in the plant. And uh, his eyes opened up real big. Uh, He was a good boss. Everybody liked him. He didn't bother no one, and nobody bothered him. So I just wanted to give him a little bit of advice on what to expect. He wasn't even making uh, just barely more than what the second tier makes as a supervisor. So that's all I know. That I must surpass to everybody, you know. Uh, Jeff, you want to take the second one, too, please? Can you do that? Sure. Once again, members have no say about the merger of Region 5, namely withheld. It used to be in the UEW Constitution that contagious regions under 50,000 will be merged. As the UEW has shrunk, that has been removed. Right, it used to be. That has been removed. Long ago, I mean, but we've shrunk so much that they've removed that requirement for contiguous regions under 50,000 to be merged. So uh, just what it is, I guess. Um, Number three, thank you for your working for a living. Uh, Thank you, working for a living, for your uh, Thanksgiving message. Um, Encouraging able leaders to stay strong so as to help others have blessings to count. That message stood head and shoulders above the other. Uh, Others angry rhetoric during the holiday weekend. Thank you for staying strong and for who you are. Name withheld. Uh, It's worth saying this. uh, So this was our message on Thanksgiving. On this day of Thanksgiving, those with ability are called upon to stay strong as they stand up for 
those who lack ability, so that they too may have blessings to count. And we mean that. Everybody that has ability should be out trying to help others uh, so that they they can have blessings. Go ahead, Jeff. Okay. Number four, do you think the FCA agreement is any better than the GM or Ford contracts? Name withheld. No, we do not think it's any better. Um, for the same reason we don't didn't like the Ford and GM. The, the part-timers are still an issue. Um, so it's not any better. Right. And what's really bad about this one is they only gave the workers two or three days to review it, and then they're starting to vote on it already. Shame on you, uh, Cynthia Serrata, for allowing that to happen. I agree, Jeff. Yeah, uh, and and it's one of the comments, or as you know, uh, one of the emails came in. Uh, how much is a battery replacement for an electric car? Name withheld. <clears throat> well, our research team has found out that EV batteries are usually warrant, warranted for eight to ten years, and the cost of re- replacement is fifty-five hundred dollars. Now they follow up. Uh, and that came in, that was what came in here a minute ago uh, from our research assistant. Uh, the, uh, and, you know, uh, just an amazing, amazing research person. Uh, the current list price of a Bolt EV HV battery pack is $15,734.29. And should you need one, Okay. <laughs> the part number is 24285978. Call your local dealership and order one if you need them. They'll just be happy to bring a fork truck to your home and put it in. <laughs> Lord. Oh. <laughs> I think you have to drive it with the fork truck and, yeah. and put it in there. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, the range you is about. Think the, <laughs> you gotta love it, Jeff. God help us. Did you uh, see where the uh, uh, there was a police chase somewhere last week? Oh the, yeah, the police cruiser had, had to stop because the battery died. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can. Uh, typically start their shift with 50% uh, fuel or battery charge. And this car had been in for a, 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 ba- a tire replacement, and it's part of a test at this uh, 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 municipality in California. Uh, so, and he was chasing, or he, the officer, I don't know if it was a woman or a guy, uh, was chasing the, uh, uh, you know, the, perpetrator and the perpetrator went op- over the the grass uh, boulevard at some point and uh, uh, the battery just died <laughs> so they called <laughs> off the the whole thing they, they were going 100 miles
miles an hour. And their excuse was that when you put more stress on a on a battery operated vehicle, the charge goes down substantially faster. Um, these the Bolt EV is the first affordable long range electric car with a 238 mile EPA combined range rating from its six kilowatt battery pack. We just got that come in too. So uh, 238 miles. That's not nautical miles. That's regular miles. So, God help us. Oh Lord, making fun of this, but it's coming. Uh, we were talking. Um, and the sheet uh, gasoline chain, uh, gas station chain uh, in northeast Ohio, uh, on all of their uh, reconfigure when they re- remodel the uh, uh, gas station, they're putting in uh, eight to ten new uh, stations for electric car cha- charging. And they're trying to get the quick charge down to about 18 minutes. And if you notice, it's getting longer and longer to fill your car up. It takes longer. It used to be, you know, I mean, you'd have to really, you know, get, you know, when back in the day when we, you know, had to wash windows and check oil, uh, you know, and pump the gas, uh, you'd be lucky to have a minute to get the windows cleaned and the oil checked and get back there on slow speed to stop the the uh, the fuel from going in and, uh maybe running over so because not they weren't always as good as they are today these uh, gasoline heads on the pumps so uh, now I think it's to fill 16 gallons I mean and that was with a 26 gallon tank the old Bonnevilles the boats things the just enormous gas tanks on these things now they're typically you know 16 gallon tank and it's taken you know four and a half to six minutes to fill your vehicle uh, so they're trying that the, the uh, charge down to six or eight minutes somewhere in that neighborhood so that the transition from gas to electric for your convenience as you fill your car either with fuel or charge electricity uh, is seem close closer to seamless so that the, the inconvenience of uh, have an electric car is is not nearly as much as it is today with a charge taking you know nearly half hour or more so they're working on getting that down so just know that's coming okay you heard it here first um, you, know, <laughs> you hear it other places later <laughs> uh, right Jeff <laughs> so, right yeah um yeah. Uh, I would like to, uh, number six. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take it, Jeff. You don't mind? That'll be the last one here, I think. Uh, I would like to know if you think employees should have the right to view a tentative agreement for a few days before they vote. Yes or no, and why? Okay. Um, I actually answered this in 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 the open on one of the social media pages. So I'll give you my my abbreviated answer, a little, little shorter than what the long version was. But the answer is, of course, yes, uh, you should have that opportunity. You would never buy so much as a car without knowing the price, would you, right? Every contract of any kind on earth should have the ability to be studied 
before either signing or voting on such a contract. A contract, okay, uh, a legal contract is an offer, acceptance, consideration, the payment some way, or, you know, even if it's a barter situation, you know, consideration. Uh, and then uh, in the better law schools are teaching mutuality. So you have to have some sort of, uh, you know, you can't be, you know, talking about a car and want, I, uh, you know, uh, Greenland, for example. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it helps. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> uh, oh, boy. These characters that are in politics these days, Jeff, they just, you know, God. So anyhow, um, uh, and, and uh, or after explaining that what a contract is, this would include our auto contracts and most especially recent auto contracts for obvious reasons. Uh, one of the problems facing our UAW, and this was my extended version. I didn't put it in in our, our notes here, but. Uh, is the fact that a large number of international staff mem members who are, you know, uh, regularly commissioned UAW staff members, you know, I've known some to go from regional staff to Solidarity House and then get morphed over into the CHR or the National Training Center, whatever you want to call them. <clears throat> Those folks are, when they are at the CHR, okay, are paid by the UAW, and then the UAW is reimbursed by the CHR. Arguably, because that CHR is supposed to be funded by both a joint program, right, by both the UAW and the corporations, one of the three, uh, in, in concert sometimes. So uh, if the contract uh, is a tough one, you know, the operatives at the CHR might say, you know, it might be a little difficult to cut those checks to pay your staff people. And that's a problem with our contracts today. It is this person's opinion that the CHR, National Training Center, whatever you want to call it, has had its day in the sun, and it has come and gone, and it needs to be dissolved. Management used to do all of those jobs, when I hired into the corporation, we didn't have a benefit rep in the plant that was an hourly person. It was a salary person, and they did the same work. It was their job, you know, to make, make it right if we had an insurance problem. Now, I don't know how far that all should go, because benefit reps are not part of joint programs. So I'm not making the case that benefit reps go away, just as an example. Others 
are part of the CHR joint funded programs. And because of those who are being paid to work, staff persons at CHR on Walker Avenue, our contracts, in my opinion, aren't what they should be. Thus, you must be ever vigilant, ever vigilant on what comes out of the mouths of those who negotiate these contracts. And we are on record now that the GM, the Ford, and the FCA contracts are not and were not good contracts. So, uh, having said that, um, any comment, Jeff? No, I agree with you, Leroy, on everything you said. These joint programs have just gotten us in nothing but trouble, and it's part of the reason our union uh, now been tainted as corrupt because of all because of these programs. I opposed them when they came in. I was told to keep my mouth shut, and I bit my tongue and did, but not anymore. Okay, not anymore. This is wrong, wrong, wrong. They shouldn't be doing it. Is there room for some, you know, mitigation on who stays and who doesn't? I suppose so. But we don't have to have that many people in those programs just for political purposes and then be essentially blackmailed, in my opinion, for the purposes of contracts. Okay? And... I think that's a lot of people's opinion, by the way. Okay, so, uh, all right. Jeff, you want to take the uh, definition, please? Sure. Uh, demagogue. It's a noun. A political leader who seeks support by appealing to the desires and prejudices of ordinary people rather than by using rational argument. It's also used as a verb, rhetorically exploit an issue for political purposes in a very calculated way to appeal to the desires and prejudices of ordinary people. I've been seeing a lot of that the last three years, haven't we? Yeah, we have. <laughs> yeah, we have. Yeah, Explo- exploit issues for political purposes. Can you think of anybody? <laughs> oh. it, you know, I mean, inside and outside our organization, right? Yeah, just, mm-hmm. sad. just sad. Um, this week's quote: "A lie doesn't become truth. Wrong doesn't become right, and evil doesn't become good." just because it's accepted by a majority. And that was said by Booker T. Washington. And that goes to the the very point of a local union trial. 
that's voted on by the general membership at general membership meeting. This becomes political in nature and not whether it's right or wrong. It's accepted by a majority of people who stack the membership or uh, if they're not in favor with the leadership, as we know, they can wind up uh, having the shadow government be told to vote one way or another on a particular issue. So uh, this is problematic in the trial system in our UAW. It is the opinion uh, now, well-educated uh, opinion of this person uh, that trial committee members for a local union UAW trial should be selected from locals in the area, not from the same local where everybody works, and is subject to the bullying of the uh, party should they be, you know, uh, should it be simply something that a uh, bully did and now he wants to get his way or her way. Okay, we need to have the trial committee members from other local unions, even from a distant local union, and brought in and set and listen properly. And there needs to be language that ex parte communication in any fashion will result in the trial being automatically ended with a decision for the, the accused. No party should be communicating with the trial committee either, either way. It's just either party does, well, let's say the accused, accuser shouldn't be doing that. Okay, uh, so if you do it, then the reverse would happen. If you're the accused and you com communicate, then the, the decision would automatically go against you, If, in other words, right? So uh, that's a big deal. Ex parte, that's when you talk to the trial committee without the other party present before or after the actual trial before or during the deliberation. After the vote's been handled, then it's a little different story. But during they, their deliberation or prior to the, the trial itself, communication should not occur. And if it does, the other party gets awarded, okay, automatically. So that stops that crap, one. Two, it needs to uh, have uh, parties from other local unions that don't have prejudices already in their uh, uh, decision, the, the process of making the decision and finding uh, uh, the facts and going forward and getting the proper. This needs to be an impartial trial. It's never impartial when you use it from the same local union. Everybody's got their opinion. And then after the fact, they could be subject to the abuses of an, an abuser, a bullier, if you will, so they won't act properly in the decision according to what their conscience really was. They just don't want to be held up to the abuse of the, 
the the charging party, for example. There's a lot wrong with our trial system, let me tell you, in a very big way. And the international better start looking to fix it. Okay. Having said that, that's that's the whole notion that just because it's accepted by a majority doesn't make it right. You know, there's a lot of quotes like that, by the way. This is a very good one by Booker T. Washington. Thank you. Uh, Jeff, do you want to talk about a little more in depth about your your feelings on all of that uh, stuff there with the uh, statement you made at retirement? Um, no, I just, just wanted to send my my coworkers a message. Um, I actually made a text and put it out to a lot of people the night that I left. Um, I didn't see no solidarity. I seen a lot of infighting. Um, I just, I guess I was born in the wrong generation. And I see things differently than most people on the floor. Um, and we, like I said, we had gone through two prior uh, eliminating a shift. And I know how emotional that is, stressed it is. Um, and I just wanted people to think with their head when they voted on this new contract. You know, everybody was wanting to get the part-timers made full-time. They wanted their uh, end second tier. Um, none of that happened. And that's a shame. It really is. Um, so that's, that's what I got, Leroy. Just, okay. Well, I mean, you, you, just you know, you were in there. I don't know, Jeff. I, I think this generation that's coming in, once they really see what's up, because a lot of them are just accepting $20 an hour jobs. I, You know, I go back and I'm telling you, you know, in today's, everything today's pricing, with the same pricing, we made almost $400,000 in comparable money in the late 70s. I'm here to tell you, people paid off their house in a year with a single year's uh, amount of money paid their house off, you know, making $28,000 a year and having a $24,000 house, okay, you know, you certainly had tax come out of it and stuff like that, about 25 to 30%. So it wasn't that you could pay the house off the whole year, but it was, I mean, a $24,000 house back then, it was a very nice home. Today, comparable to a $250,000 home, Okay. So if you were making four, could you pay off a $250,000 house? Maybe. Be pretty close to it, right? That's a nice house today. And we used to be able to do that in a year, live off the second income and just pay that off. And then go get a, you know, after a couple of years, go get a cottage up north and have all the toys you could possibly imagine. You know, Corvettes, Chevettes, Caprices, boats, snowmobiles, 
bicycles, everything you can possibly imagine, and all of them new. New house, new cottage, living large. And they didn't want us to get rich. According to Dennis Williams, the, the night before he was actually uh, installed, the, the election was, in 2014, he said, well, we want you to this, 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 and this, but we don't want you getting rich. We don't want you to have a second, you know, I mean, essentially, we don't want you to have a cottage. We want you to have this or that. They've destroyed the economy in, the, in northern Michigan, for example, just destroyed it. You know, it used to be there was a lot of tourism, a lot of people owned second homes. Real estate's just gone south up there, you know. People say, well, the real estate business is good. I just looked at a $535,000 house online. I'm just looking, and I'm not going to buy one, but I was looking, you know, Zwillow a week ago or so, and it's 535 And they just, after a year it's been on the market, reduced it another $15,000, and the current price is $435,000. And this is in one of the most upscale areas in Michigan. <coughs> the house is not selling. And it's dropped over $100,000. Been on the market a year. Go ahead and tell me how good the economy is. Okay. And when I post such things as, you know, pay attention, the market just broke trend and it dropped. 450 points. Don't be critical of me. This is a warning, not an admonition. Although some of the retirees out there, that there's good people that are working hard. I'll give you credit, absolutely. But there's a hell of a lot of people out there that have retired and don't give a shit about nothing sitting on their thumbs, and they'll sit there and watch their pension get cut in half and say, what the hell happened? That's what it's, uh, it's incumbent upon us here to educate you on. So, um, I don't think you were born in the wrong generation, Jeff. These these young people will soon find out that there's corporations are making money hand over fist, and the disparity of wealth is just crazy. There was there was an article out a couple of weeks ago. That said, the uh, the Seattle uh, World Trade Organization meeting in 1999, where they opposed what was going on, because it would have an effect of uh, concentration of wealth decision that they made. And recently, the same people got together and they said, our worst fears have been exacted. They've come to pass. In fact. There is greater concentration of wealth than we rallied against in 1999. And this is a problem. Concentrations of wealth, every time it's occurred, are followed by depression. You need to understand that in today's world with the concentration of wealth that's there and the apathy that comes from it and the learned helplessness that comes from it. Look it up, learned helplessness. Will cause, without question, 
a depression. It has every time in the past, and it will this time. And I'm looking at numbers that prove it. Even though the market made an all-time high a week ago Friday. Or, I'm sorry, Wednesday. Day before Thanksgiving. So, yeah. um, get into my report a little more. That's a comment on Jeff's. I, you know, I just... Uh, young people, I hope you're listening, you know, and retirees, I hope you're listening. And those of you in the middle that are in the rocking chair at the moment, pay attention because you're a retiree in waiting. Regarding Jones and Pearson's uh, resignation from their positions, uh, as an international executive board member, uh, Jones just resigned as, as his position and went on, or he went on leave, uh, and then he resigned his position and kept his membership. And then Pearson came on and showed him how how to really do it. He did it with, uh, you know, notwithstanding he's, you know, not the best person that we've ever had as an uh, executive board member. Uh, he actually had the good sense to go ahead and resign his position as well as his membership. Okay. And then Jones resigned his membership. The reason for those is because the international UAW in the morning had taken a vote to have a trial on them. And they were set to start the trial. Now, think about that. If you have an internal trial in the UAW and you bring out all the dirt because you guys at the top know what it is. Now, we kind of know, too. We got it. We here at Working for a Living know, and we talk about it uh, a lot. And there's a lot more to come up, by the way. So, But... Uh, an internal trial would bring it all out without a question on both of these gentlemen. And they would have their membership taken, likely. So the result is the same, except they didn't have to have an internal trial because they're no longer members. We don't have to have a trial on them, right? That trial's not going to occur because they resigned their membership. You can't have a trial on somebody that's not a member. Right, kind of like going over to the the local laundromat and say, "Hey, we want to have a trial on you." You can't <laughs> laugh at you, right? And if there were a trial, internal trial, do you think that the FBI would get subpoenas for all of those records? And we just did their job for them, didn't we? making it a little easier to, you know, connect the dots. So they both resigned so that they didn't make the FBI's job easier for them. That's why they did that, without question. 
okay? So uh, it's sad that that's going on in our union. There's a lot more dominoes to fall. Somebody made a post of a bunch of dominoes, and there was uh, one of these memes that uh, this could keep on, you know, rolling. It's perpetual, so so to speak. And I found that interesting because they are they are tipping over, and uh, I believe there's uh, the FBI's comment on all of these uh, uh, reform measures. They simply said we we are not impressed, and I'm not impressed either. The treasurer comes out and says we're going to reform this and this and this, and as long as the treasurer is the treasurer for the UAW and also treasurer for two at least two other entities, maybe three, then then. There's a problem. We're aware of it. We've been aware of those for over a year. I found them some time ago. And others now have put them in the public. Fed the right to work, national right to work folks. And, of course, the FBI already knew about them. Didn't help them at all. Uh, okay, next issue is the you know they merged Region Five. You know they're going to do that. It's going to take them a couple months, about almost two and a half months, to get the, that affected. You know, make the transition. And Region Four, which is northern states, you know, North and South Dakota. Um, I think Iowa's in Region Four, maybe. They're in to be uh, Washington, Idaho, Montana. Those, those there, I think, are the region. Might maybe not Idaho and Washington, but anyhow, Region Four is going to pick up a portion, and they haven't decided which portion of the 17 states. I think they said are in Region Five, but you can expect Region Four to take the western ones like California, Arizona. Utah, where we have no membership, interestingly enough, but uh, and then see the ones near Earth, Mississippi, be absorbed by uh, Region Eight, which is essentially south of the uh, uh, Ohio River in the Mason-Dixon line, if you will, in that area, um, and the southern, southeastern part of the United States. They're going to pick up uh, probably. Uh, Texas and, and Oklahoma, Missouri and Kansas, and maybe Arkansas, something like that. We don't know, but that's just conjecture. Uh, that's what you can expect to see uh, in time. Uh, it was interesting, and we did get a comment about this. I didn't uh, uh, get that in the email, uh, that uh, when Jones resigned, Everybody was running around, will you support me for president? Will you support me for president? And they asked me, are you exercised about all the Jones thing? And, of course, we reported last week that, no, there's automatic ascension of the vice president, and then they'll choose somebody from the regional directors to move them up to the vice president. 
So there'd be a regional director opening. And Region 5 has been dealt with, but they'll have another opening when they fill uh, Rory Gamble's vacated uh, vice presidency. And that's going to happen in January, they said. Okay. So we didn't get all exercised, but everybody was getting a kick out of all these people. Oh, I'm running for president. Yeah, good luck with that. You know, so I, I was real clear. Yeah, I, I did run last uh, 18 in, in June of 18, but uh, uh, not exercised at all about trying to be president midterm here because they're going to fill it with somebody unless they all go at once. Okay, if they all go. That makes a whole big difference. Then that could that could be that they have uh, the uh, uh, opening for everybody. And we don't know if that's going to occur just yet or not. The the uh, uh, issue that's really really pressing on the international UAW is as these people continue to get charged the likelihood that racketeering will be um, affected inside our UAW by the FBI becomes greater and greater. And that would mean once racketeering is proved, they're able to assign a receiver or put us in receivership, rather, and then assign a receiver manager that, that's what they did to the Teamsters. And that's what they do for any corporation, if you will. If there's bad management and one party complains, then they uh, will put the company, corporation, in receivership, and the receiver comes in, and they get extraordinary monies to manage it while they have they're in receivership and they have the, the uh, responsibility. They'll pay themselves two, three, four times what the, the regular manager used to get. And make no mistake, these positions at the top are management positions. President UAW's manager. Newsflash. Pretty much the entire international executive board are managers. Newsflash, most of your top union, local union leadership are managers. Newsflash, be careful who you put in charge of running your financial affairs for your local and your international union. If you just put some bumbling idiot in there never done anything, you might wind up worse off than you are now. Okay, so... Having said that, uh, we're about right a little past an hour. Jeff, do you have anything else to say? Um, not at this time, Leroy. Let's see if we got any hands up in the... No hands up in the show here. Okay. Uh, well, um, thank you for listening to our show tonight. If you found value in this uh show tonight. Tell just one other person. We appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> I want to thank uh, uh, I don't have anything else to say, by the way. I think I've said enough. Uh, 
listeners, all Mexican and Canadian listeners, all of the U.S. union and non-union listeners, all of our listeners from the UAW. And again, if you found value in this show, just please tell one more person about us. Have fun. Stay safe in the coming week. God bless each and every one of you. Good night, listeners. Good night, Jeff. Good night, everybody in the switchboard.